Okay, I just hit record. Not not hit record. Copyright the 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 fucking what's his name company. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Shows of Gordon Levitt. Oh right, 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 right. I knew they'd done something questionable, but I couldn't remember what it was. I legit almost called him James Marsden. God. <laughs> Guy gets around. Should we clap at the top of the minute? I need to Google and make sure James Marsden isn't hot. Uh, I just was looking at him a minute ago. It's also Jason Marsden. Is it? Yeah. James Marsden is, James is the uh, <laughs> Red Dead Redemption guy. the guy from Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> Damn it. You're right. Um. Okay, so there are like a couple different James Jason, Jason Marsden books <laughs> here. And some of these are better than others. That's true. Wait, is this the guy from Queer as Folk? He's he's definitely a white dude. He's definitely a white dude. But sometimes he's got long hair and a beard, and I like that look. And sometimes he's got, like, standard white guy short hair. Mm. And I'm less into. There's, like, a vaguely Keanu-looking picture on here. There's one that's got him side by side with the guy from Queer as Folk, and I can't tell if they're the same person or not. I don't know what that is. It's like a it's like a trashy soap opera show about like gay bars from the two thousands. Oh. It's like pretty bad, but I enjoy it. Hi everybody, this is White Lotus Radio, a podcast all about uh, Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. Uh, my name is Allison Coffey, and uh, my co-host today is Nora Blake. Yeah, same as Yeah, same I said today, as, <laughs> <laughs> as if you're not on every episode. Tomorrow, different <laughs> story. Um, should we talk about The Legend of Korra? Yes. Okay. You don't have any, like, Todd McFarlane anecdotes at the top of your head? Um, should I have prepped one? No, no, I just, like, I don't know, I'm just, I was like, I have to suddenly talk about The Legend of Korra and was terrified by the prospect, but I could talk about The Legend of Korra. It's, it's a show you can watch. Um, yeah, and this week we watched episodes five and six of season three, the titles of which were The Metal Clan and Old Wounds. Yep. Um, I'm going to take a sip of coffee and let you talk. So, the uh, Team Avatar goes to Zhao Fu, a a, uh, city made of metal, and... They go there because there's gonna be they're gonna find an airbender, and when they get there, they meet Su Yin Bei Fong, who is Lin's estranged half sister. Yeah. And her daughter Opal is the airbender that they're here for. 
Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something that uh will shock you. The uh the Bayfong family is filled with strife and uh, discontent with one another. And bourgeoisie. And bourgeoisie. Okay. So I want to talk about Zaofu first. Because Zaofu makes me so mad. Yeah? Because it's just like this, like... uh, It's just like this white liberal utopia of just, like, everyone just, like... Ah, uh, these people are unbearable. These people are unbearable. <laughs> and like everyone like, has their own unique skills and talents and dreams. Yes. And it doesn't matter that we've built a city that is totally inaccessible to non-metal benders. Like I literally I don't know how like Opal, the non-metal bender in the family, like I don't know how she like can get out of her house. You know? Like, I don't know they if that's had, possible for her. There's an episode of uh, Buzz Lightyear Star Command that deals with this because Mira's species is able to phase through solid matter. Mm-hmm. And all of the doors in their, like... Cause they build normal buildings and all of the doors are painted on because it's purely aesthetic. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's true. That show's wild. <laughs> There's a woman with a big head, like saline head. Um, big oh no! Big old no, orb head. Saline head. Saline head. Saline. saline head. Uh, and she's her name is Gravitina because she she has like a giant head with a gravitational pull. So anyway, uh, you were talking about the city that that feels like supposedly. One person, two people made it. Yeah, yeah. It's like just some fucking Randy and shit. Yeah, just like Lynn and Syrian and her husband just um built this whole city from the ground up, and I guess a bunch of metal benders showed up and decided to live in it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um. And it's just like. It's just, like, the stereotype of, like, this is exactly, like, what my Republican relatives think that, like, a university is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just unbearable. Like, all these people are just so self-absorbed. Su Yin strikes me as the kind of person who would pit lesbians and asexual people against each other on Twitter. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Is that too real for this podcast? <laughs> uh, it's been a long week on Twitter, Nora. I know. It's been such a long week. Uh, I've unfollowed people. It's been good. Um. So yeah. Um. The the. Zafu is extremely like. What Republicans think KU is, and Suyin is just the most self-absorbed, and all her children suck. 
Um, except for Opal. Opal is fine. And except for Juan. Juan sucks. Please, no. No, Juan is good. He's an artist, and he metal fits art, and he's voiced by Jason Marsden. <laughs> I'll let you have this. He's voiced by friend of the show, Jason Marsden. Not a friend of the show. Friend of the Are show, Jason Marsden. He has never heard of us. Um, if he so? had heard of us, he'd probably hate us. Uh, on Pond of Lore, we call Liam O'Brien friend of the show, and he's the only person that account follows. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're very lucky I don't have uh, a White Lotus account on my laptop, because I'm definitely seeing if Jason Marsden has a Twitter real quick. Oh, shit. Uh, I definitely called him James Marsden for a while. Okay. This is not our James Marsden, or Jason Marsden. <laughs> Oh, yeah? This is not our Jason Marsden, but this is a Jason Marsden, who is, quote, a... I'm not going to read this random person's Twitter bio on our I, but, show. But seems... if, you, if you swipe to the left a little bit, you will find actual at Jason Marsden, Jason Marsden, with Max Goofy as his cover. What? Just at Jason Marsden. That's him. Oh, my God. What a treasure. <laughs> He's wearing a shirt that says Mars on it. His pinned tweet says, I love fan mail, and he's got his P.O. box in it. <laughs> Nora, can we send him... Oh, no, this is not a real P.O. box. No, this is a real P.O. box. Nora, can we send him cassette tapes of the podcast? <laughs> That's ridiculous. Why would we do that? <laughs> because it'd be funny. Oh, I'm going to follow him. <laughs> This is a painting of Max Goof. This isn't just like a, a capture from the movie. Like, this is a <laughs> painting of the boy. He he's retweeted a tweet from Lego DC supervillain saying, "I think I'm in this." Three question marks. The working title was a lot different. If not, looks pretty cool. <laughs> happy Father's Day! Hashtag dads! Exclamation mark. A bladed happy hashtag Pride Month to all my rainbow brothers and sisters. Oh, he doesn't like Kevin Spacey. Okay, oh, Jason yeah, Marsden, not problematic. <laughs> <laughs> Jason uh, Marsden, LGBT hero. <laughs> what an ally. <laughs> okay, yeah, Juan is good. Juan? How do you say that? Juan. Juan. He also tweeted, I'm starting to think the world is a much better place with less hashtag Louis C.K. Okay. Okay. Jason Marston. Pretty solid, I guess. Uh, we're cutting him a lot of slack. <laughs> <laughs> he seems to be a, 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 a somewhat mild, like, left of center individual. Yeah. I will cut most of this out. Just on the fringe chance that Jason Marston listens to this podcast. Will no, I actually all in, all in, oh, <laughs> every single I'll, word? Maybe I'll cut out the part where we dissect his Twitter timeline to see if he's problematic. <laughs> Jason Marsden, at me, slide in my DMs. I want to talk to you, Jason Marsden. I want you to be on the show. <laughs> what do you want to talk to Jason Marsden about? Uh, probably goofy movie. <laughs> oh, that's fair. That's listen. As long as you say Juan in that episode, you can put it on this feed. Nora! Nora, 
He was in my city two days ago and I missed him. <laughs> oh my god, I could you have felt... seen the boy. Why did why did we talk about Jason Marsden before today? I don't remember when it came up. Uh he was um the uh lemur looking dude in the spirit world from oh, beginnings. Shit. Oh shit. Yeah. Man, I'm so mad. He was at a convention. <laughs> I could have I could have been like I could have printed out the podcast art and been like, yo, <laughs> did you sign this? <laughs> I'm your biggest fan. God. Oh my god. Do you want me to edit out the part where you told Jason Marston to slide into your DMs? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. No one else do it. Only only Jason Marsden. Okay. No one else. I appreciate that his Twitter bio says, You've seen me, you've heard me, now you're reading me. <laughs> See, he doesn't like the NFL. Jason Marsden, completely unproblematic forever. This is... Okay. I'm gonna. We're gonna go back to something else now. I think. Um, Legend of Korra. What happens in the Metal Clan other than you just like get acquainted with the city and you learn that there is distrust between? Uh, well, we have the B plot of Zaheer. We have the B plot of Zaheer, which is like way better than the A plot. I thought. Uh yeah, I remembered that. This episode taking being an arc and not just one episode. <laughs> I mean, it's. I think they wrap it up in old wounds, don't they? No, they wrap it up in this one because he escapes on his glider. Oh, uh, okay. He steals okay. a glider and escapes. I I thought that was in the second episode. No, because um, it's in the flashback at the beginning of the second episode. Okay. Um. So yeah, uh, Zahir shows up at the Republic City Air Temple. Uh, and, like, wants to meet Tenzin, wants to meet the Avatar. Airbender Island. (laughs) Airbender Island. It's not like the, it's not like the Central Air Temple or something. No, it's Airbender Island. Or is it Air Temple Island? I think it's Air Temple Island. Hmm. This show is so good at naming things. Avatar State. (laughs) I'm gonna just see... I'm gonna see if there's a. I'm gonna click on the page for Zaofu and see if it's... that means like metal city in Chinese or something. Stop just looking at pictures of Jason Marsden. <laughs> I'm not looking at pictures of Jason Marsden. I I'm can see at... your screen. <laughs> you can. Yeah, I can. <laughs> um, I'm not seeing anything that says Zaofu is just like. Okay, trivia. Um. It sounds familiar. Zaofu is inspired by Lake Louise in Banff National Park. There are no Satomobiles in Zaofu. Um, and the temples were based on uh, flower-like elements of Lotus Temple in India. Um, so yeah, Zahiro just shows up and like... This show figures out that like you could have an effective moment just by like lingering on a bad dude for a bit too long and putting creepy violins on there and it's like the simplest trick in the book but it works you know <laughs> and you kind of wish they'd figured that out two seasons ago yeah but they do plenty of that with Amon but it's trumpets yeah it is 
instead of violins just an objectively creepier instrument than a trumpet. I feel like violins are airbending in the show in the in the soundtrack. Oh, j- that makes sense. That makes sense. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. That's not, that sounds right though. Cuz it's also mm, No, here's what it is. It's it's just bending. Amon I should listen to the soundtrack to this show sometime, maybe. I don't think Amon has violins in his music, right? I could be wrong. I don't know. I, could I be like very wrong. I often don't notice the score of a thing while I'm listening to it, you know? Which is why when we start newbie, we're gonna have a specific segment about the songs in each episode. But Okay. Okay. Because I do pay attention in a show like Steven Universe where it super duper matters. So mm-hmm. and I'm I wanna like listen to the song with you and when we do that. Okay. Hey, Nora. Hi. Do you ever worry that we're just like huge dorks? Worry? No. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, the, the Zaheer stuff wraps up with uh, Kaya figuring out that he's Zaheer. Um, and he runs away. And... Oh, there's one other just... Incredible oh, yeah? moment. Uh-huh. Just my favorite thing has ever happened sh- in this we show. We should talk about the bad things in this episode real quick. This is great, Nora. I don't know what you're talking about. This is my favorite thing that's ever happened in the show. Aren't uh, you a criminal? <laughs> Varric shows up. Like nothing ever happened. Yeah. And Mako's like, hey, shouldn't you be in jail? And like... Eric's just like, nah. I was never convicted. You never went to trial because you fucking escaped from prison. It's it's really interesting to, like, flaunt, like, so I know that Sue would probably give him, like, refugee status or, like, political asylum or something, but it is very weird to just be like, haha, I escaped from prison right in front of the chief of police and a detective. From the place he escaped. The from ones prison who from. arrested you? The ones who arrested him. <laughs> like And so like Okay, so like Sue talks a lot in these two episodes about forgiveness and people changing and blah blah blah. Um and it's like in theory I agree, right? Like, I think people can change. I think people should be forgiven for crimes and stuff. But... But... Varric just escaped from prison before going to trial for war profiteering, among other things. Uh Conspiracy to start a war? No, Um, you don't understand. If the jail is broken before your trial, your crime doesn't count. And like, there is a, there is a difference between, between. So we'll we'll talk about this with episode six. Like, Sue stole some things twenty years ago, and thirty, like, thirty years ago. Sue should absolutely like, clearly is a different person now. Should be forgiven for just stealing some stuff. There's a difference between that, and fucking. <laughs> I started he's, a war to make some, some money. In the, he's made some mistakes in the past. 
was like three weeks ago. He's going to do the same thing again. Um, but he tweeted a very heartfelt apology. He he wrote an apology in the note app on his phone and screenshot it and put it on Twitter. <laughs> He's letting people have the color yellow in his factories now. He realized he made a mistake. Uh, oh, we do. We do get um, in this episode two things. One, Lynn confirmed the chief of police again. Um, and two, uh, Asami says that like, yeah, c- control of my company reverted back to me after you um, went to jail for all that stuff. And also, um, half half sisters, Lynn and Sue have different fathers. Neither of whom are in the picture. I'm just going to say, based on skin tone, one of them might have been a waterbender or water tribe. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So maybe Sokka. Uh, Yeah, no, I think that is the implication. (laughs) I don't know if that's true, but... (laughs) Well, but, like, the only reason I don't think it's true is because Sokka would be in the picture way more than, um... Well, he died young. Oh, did uh, did the one guy kill him? No. He, but he definitely isn't around now. Um, I guess he would have had to have been around thirty years ago. Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna search Sokka real quick just to get an idea of the timeline. Uh, oh. Because Sokka was one of the ones who helped capture Zaheer the first time, so Sokka was absolutely hmm. alive for... So maybe Sokka isn't the father. I thought that was the implication. That's fair. It just seems like that's what something that they would do. Oh yeah, for sure. Even though Sokka is, like, at the end of the last show, clearly in a relationship. Yeah. Hey, Sokka's got two hands. Bad, bad. What? No. I. Mm. You can hold hands with two people. Okay. What did you think I that meant? <laughs> I. I thought you been like. I don't know what I thought you meant. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Moving on. <laughs> Do you think they'll Does ever try to explore the time in between these series? Like I know there's the comic, but like adult times. I kind of. I kind of worry a lot that this series is just kind of dead, that like Turf Wars will last until um, people stop buying that book. Um, AKA my Twitter timeline, but continue. (laughs) And then uh, like once that, yeah, once that book ends, I kind of feel like maybe this franchise is done for like a long time. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. How long between when Avatar ended and when we got the first teasers for Korra? Um, I think it was only a couple years. Uh, let's see. The show Avatar ended in um 2008. Um and Korra started in 2012, so um yeah like four year break you know let's say they announced it the year before and we were at a four year break now 
then if they were going to do a similar time gap, we'd be seeing some new things from Avatar probably by the time Force ends, which is soon. Okay. I think it's soon. Oh, oh, oh. Um, I think we briefly... Did we mention Dark Horse on the last episode because we talked about the comics we for did, like two seconds? We did, but that episode's not out yet. Okay, um... I don't know how you're going to edit this, so I'm just going to say this here. Um, I was very anti-Dark Horse because of the transphobic policy with their employment. They have since reversed the policy, and so I'm happy to buy Dark Horse books again, and that's a cool thing. Um, I may pirate it out of spite. That's fair. (laughs) When I say read those books, I'm definitely just going to get them from my library, but yeah. Mm. That's like legal piracy. That's legal piracy, yes. Libraries are dope as shit. <laughs> They're fucking rad as hell. I feel like we should keep talking about Korra, but I'm just not... I don't have I'm that tr- much to say about Korra this week. Uh, part three of Turf Wars comes out August this year. Okay. Is it a three-part thing? Is it a... Yeah. Okay. So... So maybe... When's Comic-Con? <laughs> Um, I feel like Comic-Con just happened. Am I wrong? No, yeah, you are wrong. Okay. I just googled SDCC. Let's see when, um... Uh, July 19th through 22nd, it looks like? Maybe? I mean, hey, let's see what happens. I'm not holding my breath. But if they fucking come out with some fucking cyberpunk shit, I'm gonna be angry. (laughs) I don't think they're going to make a cyberpunk thing. Okay. If they made a new... um, uh, If they made a new Avatar thing, what Mm -hmm. are the odds that... uh, Low. (laughs) If they made it. We're going to assume... We're going to assume they make it. What are the odds that... um, Tenzin is in that show and wears a safety pin at one point. What? Why? <laughs> what are what are the odds that the people in that show are hashtag resisting? That would go against like what Korra is. <laughs> They're not afraid to just like totally make a different thing suddenly. But Legend of Korra is just a bunch of SQWs. Please tell me what SQW means, because I'm very... Status Quo Warriors. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck off. No, fuck on. (laughs) That's my favorite uh, Fantastic Four guy, the one that says, fuck on. (laughs) Fuck on, dudes. Um, respecting women, letting them know that I fuck on. I'm a woman respect bender. I want the next avatar to be a sand bender. Okay, I'm into it. Oh right, they would they would go to Earth next. Mm-hmm. Unless they decided that was boring and skipped to fire for some reason. 
if they do, they need to have a good reason to. Yeah. I, there's a cool, like, thing of, like, skipping one and having a, that one be a mystery, but, like, <laughs> I don't know that I trust these writers. <laughs> um, should we talk about Old Wounds? Sure. Um, I feel like we've when, talked about it a little bit. Um, when, I, when I was 13, um, I fell down and slid down a driveway on my knees. Mm. Oh, you meant the TV episode show called Old Wounds. When I when I was fourteen, I um broke my arm and didn't realize it, and then like six months later, I broke it again, and then oh. it was really bad. Uh. Yeah. So the next episode is Old Wounds. <laughs> um. Here's some. Oh, one more thing to talk about. Before we go to old wounds, okay. You want to talk about Bolin? Let's talk about Bolin. Bolin starts doing his woman respecter pose and voice. Mm-hmm. He really, 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 really does. It is really, really bad, and Opal calls him out on it, which is good. Mm-hmm. I like Opal. Opal is a good. Opal seems pretty cool. Yeah. She's not my favorite fusion, but like she's alright. I which one is Opal? Is that um Pearl and Amethyst? Amethyst, yeah. Giant woman. All I wanna do is see you turn into a metal bender. But then Bolin tries to metal bend and he can't. Can I tell you something real quick? Mm-hmm. Turns out if you just Google Opal, you just get The Rock. You don't get Steven Universe by default. Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> they don't just assume you mean Steven Universe. They don't even assume you mean the uh, Aura. You just get The Rock. Well, I guarantee you that Steven Universe Opal is much more popular than the Legend of Korra Opal. Oh, for sure, Um... So, only one, okay. In this episode, they talk more about the strife between Lin and Sue, and Lin goes to uh, an acupuncturist who puts pins in her so that she has flashbacks about her past, and we get to see... All of the flashbacks about her and Sue and Toph. I did not check to see if that was the same voice actor that voiced Toph in the original show, but I'd believe it. Yeah, I'd believe it. Basically, Sue... uh, Basically, Sue did a bunch of crimes as a a kid. As a kid, it's like a 20-year-old? I would guess, like... No, because she was 16. She was 16 when she left. Oh, 16. She's 16. She does crimes. Um, Lynn is on the police. What? Like we all do. Yeah. (laughs) Well, she's not gay. She's extremely straight. True. Very true. Very, very true. Uh, She's the only straight character so far. That's not true either. Um, 
and Lynn is already a cop, and she arrests Sue, and then Toph covers it up, because, uh, hey, no, nobody from the first show is a good parent. No. Katara. No. Katara accepted. Katara rules. Katara rules. But Katara has kids, right? Yeah, she has Aang's kids. Oh, right. Yeah. I forgot about that part. (laughs) Did you actually, or this is a joke? I honestly can't tell. (laughs) I forgot that they were also Katara's kids. (laughs) Because Katara's not allowed to, like, have done anything. No, she kind of just hangs around and heals people, and I wish... I wish, like, with all this, like, flashbacks to the previous stuff that we got, like, Katara just being a nice person. She's not allowed to be relevant to the plot. Yeah. Because Katara is, like, way smarter than any of the people around her. But, like, all of the stuff with Boomy and Kaya and Tenzin, it's all about Aang. They never even mentioned Katara, which I kind of assume means Katara was just, like, a good mom, but, like, um, um, this so, TV show. Um, and, Why does... and Legend of Korra is a show full of magic, like bending and acupuncture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why oh. does Toph cover it up? Also, truth seeing. Truth seeing is also magic. Uh, yeah, because the truth seeing is based on fucking polygraph tests, which are bullshit. Yeah. Like, it's also something that, like, theoretically Toph came up with based on her blindness, but, like... Like, if you were saying, oh, I'm sensing their spirit or something, I'd be mm-hmm. more inclined to believe it. I would think that, like, truth would be more of an airbender thing. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I think it's based off, you know, like, Toph could, like, sense all the stuff through her feet or whatever and so maybe like this guy is just like attuned to heartbeats i mean he's barefoot oh is he okay Mm -hmm. so yeah he's got those feeties out at all at all times (sighs) fuck you you think he's just got like big old calluses on those feet no because that would be harder to listen through so he has a healer heal up his feet every day before bed oh okay keep him nice and baby smooth (laughs) this means that his life is a perpetual torture oh yeah for sure (laughs) but this is some fucking libertarian paradise so (laughs) right like maybe he's just walking on smooth metal all day and it's fine it's probably fine he doesn't ever get like splinters, I bet, because it's all metal. Yeah, and if he does, fuck. <laughs> oh my god, he's just like out of commission for a week. Well, if he's got healers, they keep like a couple water benders around, right? I want to know how those water benders get anywhere. Like, if there's anyone in this city who cannot bend metal, I don't know how they like get from place to place. I mean, the doors aren't metal. Yeah. When Lynn slams the door, she uses her cable to grab it and pull it shut. That's wild. I forgot about that. Like, 
really most of it is the big fucking cocoon that the city goes into at night. That reminds me, talking about uh, Lynn's cables, we get to do my favorite terrible like trope in all fiction. Um, you know how this character has scars? Yeah. We get a cool flashback, a quote-unquote cool flashback, telling us how she got those scars. I was fine with that. I it's thought it like, was fine. I, I just it play, it plays out like a game of reflections. Which one's reflections? Reflections is the samurai dueling game. Mm. By by Jim McClure, it's okay. uh, you you like stand off and then you go you play through five flashbacks to establish different points in time in your past that drew you to this moment where you've drawn blades against each other. Okay. That's cool as heck. And as you roleplay, you accrue dice, and then you also accrue hatred sometimes. And you roll all your dice in one final moment, and you choose whether or not you want to use your hatred, which makes it potentially more risky. Or if you've let go of the hatred and you're just fighting, and you there's no epilogue, it ends with whoever dies, dies, and then the other person tears up that person's character sheet. Damn. Yeah. I'm in, I'm into this. It's fucking rad. <laughs> I have it within reach of me and also a like pad of paper that is full of character sheets that you can just tear off and use and then tear in half after you've lost. I really wanted to play this like like over roll 20 with someone and then just like move their character sheet into my recycle bin or something. <laughs> Maybe we should have done reflections for Dark Avatar. Should I? It's fine. It's fine. Also, that although that would be really fucking rad. It'd be really fucking rad. We could have it. Oh fuck. Ah oh, shit. I know. <laughs> I know who my character would be. <laughs> Tell me your character, because I had like a couple ideas. So I have two options to fight your Dark Avatar. Okay. Either Korra. Or my OC that I mentioned earlier. <laughs> okay. Okay. So this is a bit of a or problem. Or we could play Reflections and one of us is Korra and the other one's Asami. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, because we don't know much about that and like you have to be okay with like a predetermined ending, but I was going to say Kiyoshi and um, that earthbending asshole. Hmm. None of Dude, this, this is game staying is cool in. as shit. Why do... This game is rad as hell. <laughs> um, I don't have things to talk about with the Legend of Korra. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm really trying, and I just don't have much. Um, I thought episode six was pretty good. I thought episode five was like not my fave. Varric is bad, and he's in both episodes. Fuck him. Varric is bad. I liked episode six a lot because um, I pretty deeply relate to um, the arc that um, Lynn goes through in those episodes, and I relate to um, her trying to tell Opal, like, don't just have your life to appease your parents, like, be your own person. Mm -hmm. um, that, like, got to me. 
Um, people should read My Lesbian Experience with Loneliness um, if they want more of that kind of feeling. I maybe should read that. I have not. It's good as hell. Yo, why haven't I done a podcast about that book yet? Because you've only just started Zero Heroes? Yeah, that's fair. It's a comic, um, right? It's a comic. It's a manga. Yeah, Some people say that manga are not comics. Yeah. I don't have a strong feeling about this. I don't see the difference. Same medium, e- different style. I don't either, but I have had people get mad at me before about it. and I, I understand. I understand that they arose through different mediums, but now they are delivered through the same medium. Mm-hmm. But like, Kabuki is different from like French opera, but they are still called theater. Right, right. So that's my fucking dumbass white American take on is manga a comic? <laughs> I would much, I'm still much more willing to hear, um, manga is not a comic than i am like people who are like uh i read graphic novels not comic books <sighs> whatever <laughs> i don't even know why they're called comics so i don't even know like graphic novel is a more descriptive name it's just that the people who call them graphic novels all suck i was under the impression that specifically the distinction was that graphic novels weren't serial that's like that's like an acceptable like I will sometimes refer to um, uh, things that are non-serialized as graphic novels, but like there are a lot of people who just mean graphic novel to mean like more serious and mature, and will call hmm. like Watchmen a graphic novel even though it is serialized. Hmm. Um, there are twelve issues of Watchmen. There are four issues of Dark Knight Rises. It's not a graphic novel just because it is dark and gritty and supposedly respectable. But, you know, mm-hmm. men will tell you that it is. Anything that calls itself a graphic novel, though, how do you feel about that? Blank um, a I, graphic novel. I guess it just depends on, like... Because, like, graphic novel, for publishing purposes, often does have, like, a specific meaning, as opposed to, like, a trade paperback or whatever. Uh Men who like comic books are annoying. <laughs> this is this is my take. I have some I have some friends who are men who are into comic books. I do too. I, like I can name like four people who I am close to who are cis men that like comic books, and like they're wonderful. But like as a capital M men. Uh huh. <laughs> I can name hashtag two not all men. <laughs> I uh, yeah. What does this podcast episode become? I don't know. Play reflections by Jim McClure. It's fucking good. Pit, play spirits of rebellion by Norm Blake. It's fucking good. That's shut up. No one can <laughs> even do that yet. <laughs> it's a good ass game though. I was gonna say something. What did we miss about this episode? What did we not talk about? Um, we talked about Eric. We talked about flashbacks. Um, Zahir about... leaves Republic City and knows where Korra is. How does Zahir know? Was he like meditating before he says something? Yeah, I, I think he was astral projecting. 
that okay i thought that was the implication but i like i didn't connect the dot so well think about it he knows who runs that city probably Mm -hmm. he knows they have family ties to the last avatar and to the people protecting this avatar Mm -hmm. and they and they have a reputation as being they have a reputation of being a secure city also yeah so okay that's like a reasonable deduction i guess yeah I think that's going to wrap us up for uh, this episode of White Lotus Radio. Uh, if you cry every time Lynn pops the ball instead of throwing it for Naga, retweet. <laughs> okay. Hey, Nora. Uh-huh. Where can people find you online? You can find me at Neither Nora. You can find me on other podcasts like Lost Library, Hollow Sweethearts, and Pot of Lore. Cool. Oh, and also, I recorded a very brief, like, three-minute clip talking about my D&D character on the episode of I Am Here that just came out today, where, in honor of Pride, um, Tess collected a bunch of audio from people talking about their queer D&D characters. I just downloaded that this morning. I didn't even realize you were on it. Yeah. I'm also on that podcast on like the third episode in an interview. <laughs> yeah, that interview is good as hell. I still... It's, <laughs> it's good. It's so good. <laughs> Where can people find you on the internet? Um, People can find me online at twitter.com slash Allison underscore coffee. That's got one L in it. Um, I got a pinned tweet with all the work I do. Um, by the time you're hearing this, we will have already recorded episode two of Zero Heroes, but it may or may not be up. Uh, and I think I know what episode three is, but I got to make sure we can schedule episode three before Norm is <laughs> on vacation. Yeah, I'm going on vacation. So hopefully, hopefully we're recording an extra episode this week so that we don't miss a week uh, i will be yeah. out of out of town for a week and a half so i won't be able to record but i will do my best to schedule things and get episodes out on time so that there shouldn't be a gap you can also find me online clicking on the wikipedia page for comic book therapy which is apparently a thing um i mean is, is that what you use to cure your gamer illness i think so um, I think therapy, is it, once the therapy, therapy originally concept, conceptualized by Captain Russell Schilling is currently develop, being developed by DARPA so comic book therapy presumably DARPA. makes an appearance in the Metal Gear Solid series of video games a security camera? is that what Liquid Snake killed the DARPA chief for? to uh Stop no. him from developing comic Liquid therapy. Snake didn't kill the DARPA chief. Ocelot killed him by accident while torturing him. Oh, you're right. My and mistake. Then, yeah, come on. Get with it. <laughs> then Decoy Octopus took his place and was killed because of Fox Die. There's also a page for graphic medicine. Uh, that doesn't sound like fun. No. I think it's just like... Graphic medicine connotes use of comics and medical education and patient care. 
Which seems fine, but calling it graphic medicine seems not fine. Graphic medicine is the name of an arc for like a 90s run of a Jean Grey comic. I was going to say a Wolverine comic. I'm glad we're on the same page. <laughs> I, could, I was trying to think of doctors, doctors, doctors. Who's a doctor? Oh, other than Doctor Beast. Strange. The Beast. Okay, uh, so... Yeah. If it was Beast a Beast goes, comic called Graphic Medicine. Right. Because it's the 90s and everything is problematic, like the Beast goes feral or something, and... Uh... <sighs> yeah. I love Beast. Beast is great. Yeah, Bomb's not too great these days. Beast seems okay, but I'm still not into it that much anymore. <laughs> Nora, who's your favorite X-Men? Do you do you mean character from X-Men, or do you mean member of the X-Men organization? <laughs> I mean character from the X-Men. Not the X-Men universe, but you know what I mean. Like the... the... Yeah. The X Men facet of the Marvel universe. Right, right. I like X twenty three and Psylocke. Psylocke is problematic, but still a strong choice. X twenty three even stronger. I feel like I love X twenty three. Yeah, I just realized that Psylocke is hella problematic. Like I had forgotten some parts of that backstory. It's like <laughs> it's hard to be in the X-Men corner of the Marvel universe and not be problematic because of like all the dumb allegor like all the dumb allegories in that but like Psylocke is like a special brand of problematic to where like I can't even hear the name and think of like the character first, you know? There's like multiple facets to Psylocke being problematic. Yeah. Um Jubilee was a vampire once. That sounds cool. Uh, Jubilee rules. Jubilee rules. Uh, Kitty Pride is okay. I didn't. I didn't watch much Kitty Pride. Is it, has anybody done the joke of Kitty Pride being played by uh, Juno? That'd be, pr that'd be <laughs> Ellen Page. Good. That's the name. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I lost the name for a second there, but I got it, folks. Don't worry. We're back at it. We're back at it. My my my, I mean, but also Toad was played by Darth Maul. Was he really? Yeah, Ray Park. I I was I was trying to remember who played Darth Maul. I'm gonna be like, was that Jason Marsden? And then I realized <laughs> Jason Marsden as Darth Maul. <laughs> Darth Maul has been played by uh, Ray Park and by Sam Witwer and at least once. By both at the same time. <laughs> oh, right, right. <laughs> Which is wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> the, the, the decisions that Disney makes are sometimes very interesting. Mysterious and beyond our knowing. <sighs> Kathleen Kennedy is an unknowable god. <laughs> I follow somebody named that on Twitter, but it's not the same person. <laughs> <laughs> She's like a, 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 a historian. Huh. <sighs> Star Wars is good. Mm, Star Wars is all right. 
I have to fucking go research teleportation to see if it's a fucking force power. I don't feel like I've ever seen teleportation as a force power. <sighs> Mother Talzin does it, but also Mother Talzin does a lot of fucking weird force magic that is different from the usual force stuff that people do. It has a lot of green mist to it and a lot of like actual magic incantations and ritual shit to it. Okay. It's just that one of the playbooks and masks has teleportation as a as an option, and one of my players is like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, ah. <laughs> oh. wow. How much like? Okay, so if this mother Talzin lady is doing um, like magic, magic ass magic, like how mm-hmm. often does um. Does like the expanded universe get away from like the Eastern uh, spirituality that like Lucas was appropriating? I mean, very rarely because a lot of the people that wrote Star Wars are Star Wars fans. Okay. It seems like at least like by the time they started doing the expanded universe a lot more, which was like late '80s, I want to say. I could be totally fucking wrong. I feel like I've heard that before. Uh, but, like, the movies have been out for a few years. Like, there was mm-hmm. the one book between A New Hope and Empire, which is fucking wild. Have you? In that book, Luke gets possessed by Ben's ghost and fights Darth Vader, and also he and Leia almost have a romance, kind of. Whoa. Because <laughs> oh. they didn't know that Leia was Luke's sister yet. So, yeah. Alan Dean Foster added a bunch of, like, romantic tension. Oh, no. I think it was Alan D. Foster. Is that the right one? Is that the right guy? Couldn't tell you. Oh, have you ever read that, or have you ever seen that comic? I haven't read it. That's um, it was like a Star Wars adaptation that was supposed to come out like around the same time as the movie was. So like, the people making it didn't get to like see the movie. They just read the script. Um, when they wrote it, which movie? The very first one. Like the very first one. Uh, the very first one was written by George Lucas. Right, and there's like a comic that's like just adapting his script or something. Oh, a comic, yes. Yeah. Yeah, the old Marvel one, I think. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. I've heard about it mentioned on Never Tell Me the Pods, a very good Star Wars podcast. I get it. I get it. Can we it took t- me a turn second. off the recording so that I can keep talking about Star Wars with you? Sure. <laughs> that's gonna do it for us this week folks <laughs> keep it flamio everybody keep it flamio 